Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and ghouls, step right up. Behind this curtain lies a ghastly concoction of delight, horror, fantasy, and terror. Your every wish is our command. Your every whimsical desire brought to life. But I'm warning you, there's always a price. Welcome to the greatest of Welcome back to the greatest show on earth that is Talking Terror. As always, I'm your old pal, the king of horror, Andy G, welcoming you to this episode of the show where tonight we're going to be talking about the Demonic Dean film pick of the week, The Happiness of the Katakuris, uh, from 2001 and directed by Tasha Mike. I'm pretty sure I pronounced the, the uh, Katakuri thing wrong, so I forget. Uh, I apologize, but we'll get there. A lot of names in this one, so... Bear with me during my narration process. But unfortunately, the ghoul will not be joining us tonight as he has some things at home to take care of. But fret no, he'll be back next week in charge for my pick, which I will announce later on in the show. But as always, we are joined by the psychotic simian, the man monkey, the prince of Moore's Day. Yeah, fuck it with it, monkey. No hills alive with the sound of murder. What the hell are we talking about? We don't know. You just got to sit there and listen later on to figure out what it is we are talking about. But that's right, King, because we, uh, we here, the threatening threesome of talking terror, are going to sit there and do what we do every Wednesday night, baby. And we're going to sit there and come in your ears. And yeah, that's right, baby. We're, we're going in raw. We're using a Google Glass. No, baby. So just slide on those headphones and get ready. As we do what we do to you, baby. And remember... Like and subscribe to us on Instagram and Facebook, baby. What's up, our family? <laughs> Hello, there, monkey. And of course, we are also joined Hello. by the man who picked tonight's pick. Uh, very astute, very educated, very opinionated. Demonic Dean, everybody. So glad you're right. here and to talk about uh, uh, Kurt. Oh, wow. You are breaking mm-hmm. up, my brother. This evening? <laughs> you, you are breaking up yeah, really might, bad. Uh, might want to adjust. <laughs> That's right. So, yeah. <laughs> Dean, you might want to adjust the dial we'll on the radio, that. but you listen at home. Do not adjust that dial because you are definitely listening to the right podcast for your, all of your horror needs, which is, again, Talking Terror, like and subscribe. You know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and, of course, we'll wait for the Dean to come back. You know, the technical issues do happen. Uh, but uh, as far as Stranger Things Season 4, the wrap-up, as far as The Boys, uh, which just had their new episode last week, we're going to save all that for when the uh, ghoul is back. So we could all talk about it. I know, Monkey, you're not a fan of Stranger Things. You didn't watch it. Uh, I know that the Dean has to finish it up. I don't know why, because I couldn't wait to fucking watch episode eight and nine. So uh, we'll see. Well, he has he he still has a lot of obligations going on. He's trying to take care of the school. He's got to make sure things are shut down for the season properly and all that. You know, he and you know, on top of that, you know, he had his bit of the vid that he's having to deal with too so you know we'll we'll let it slide man we'll let it slide it's cool you know the diva was very excited she got to check it out 
<laughs> but yeah, you know. I mean, but in the meantime, yeah, you is, know. Uh, I, there he is. Okay, oh, are we back? Is it, is is he back? Dean, can you hear me? Dean, can you see me? Dean, are you with us? He is not. Apparently. Oh, okay. <laughs> in the me- meantime, the D and I got a chance to check out uh, Wolf Like Me, the new Peacock show. Uh, just six episodes, kind of like a kind of horror, kind of romantic comedy kind of thing going on. Uh, it, it was okay, um, but it definitely borrowed heavily from being human. Uh, I'm going to st- mm-hmm. stick with the BBC version, not the American version. And, yeah, I know how you feel uh, – I, I know how you feel about uh, what's his name that was in the show, but surprisingly, he yeah. But surprisingly, though, he just does a good job of just acting and being a father. He wasn't doing his normal, you know. I'm a big fat guy and I'm big and obnoxious, so therefore I'm funny. You know, none of that. Mm. It was just him okay. straight up acting. So you know, because yeah, we know how you feel about him. You know, it, it was him, you know, just, just straight up acting. And then the chick that plays the, the hot younger chick in Wedding Crashers, she she was in there. And, yeah, it's just cute little kind of like, you know, horror rom-com kind of thing. Very, very hmm. slight. But at the same time, just super chill, super relaxed. And where they, where they left off, I think, like, it's definitely a lot more story to tell. But just cute, cute little show in general. <laughs> Okay, well, let's try now? this again. Dean, are you with us? Are you here? Uh, Dean, you said how about now? Oh, shit, this is going to be great. <laughs> no, boy, this is going to be a fun one. So, okay, so that's one to check out. Yeah, I'm not, a, I'm not a big fan of Josh Gad, so I can't say I'll be checking out anytime soon. Uh, I mean, I I was just distracted by the boys this weekend and Stranger Things. Uh, I did watch Beavis and Butthead do the Universe, which is a new Paramount Plus movie featuring those two boys from the 90s. What a you know what a great movie. You know, it's if you like Beavis and Butthead do America, you'll love the Universe. Taking it into modern times with those two boys from the 90s and seeing how they traverse 2022. Now that there's smartphones and you can just buy everything on the phone, just it, it was great. <laughs> so. Was it was it them actually aging Beavis and Butthead, or are they still the same age, just in today's age? Uh, I mean, there is an aged Beavis and Butthead in the, the movie, but you just have to watch it to see how they do it. You know, because it's kind of clever how they bring them into 2022, um, <clears throat> and then how they just kind of exist now. Um, you know, in this current age, it's not the 90s anymore, but they're still very much in that humor sense. You know, just wanting to get laid all the time and laughing at, you know, inappropriate things, so had that sensibility about it. I was very happy with it um, overall because the way, like I said, the way they did it was creative and I'm just kind of hoping for more. Um, I know that the, so, the Dean is working on his technical issues. So, so, <laughs> so, so do, do you, like, well, I was going to say, you know, I think maybe they're going to try and bring it back and turn it into a new series. But unfortunately with the original series, a big part of it was the music videos and it's just, it, that's the, you know, unfortunately, music videos are something that don't really exist anymore. No, it doesn't. Um, did you watch the, the revival that they did in MTV a couple of years ago? Like, not even that long ago. It was like two or three years ago. 
uh, they brought back. No, so no. And did, what did they bring it back? Well, I I tried to catch it like like five years ago when they you know brought it back, but uh, that was when they did not have the music videos in there. It was just the story. Uh, well, it, it was a story, but uh, with the revival that they brought back a couple years ago, they weren't talking about music videos anymore. They were going into doing YouTube videos and TikToks and things like that, you know, and just reacting to viral videos, you know, and just commenting oh. on that. You know, uh, reality shows, a lot of reality shows on MTV, like Jersey Shore, they were commenting on the real world and road rules and all that stuff. So, because like you said, music videos are kind of like a thing of the past now. So they had a, to do something new for the revival. So they just kind of reacted to reality TV and viral videos. And it was kind of fun, but it just it doesn't really play that well because you miss them commenting on music videos. Like yeah, being super stoked for like, you know, Metallica. <laughs> yeah, but then there's also the whole thing of, you know, <laughs> the, them sitting there going, oh, yes, Metallica, you know. But then on the flip side, them sitting there going, oh, yeah, Danzig. And then you're like, wait. I like Danzig. <laughs> Fuck, is that a bad thing that I'm liking Danzig right now? Just like Beavis and Butthead do. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, they gave respect to the bands that they liked. I mean, they were really big on Danzig, you know, Guar, Metallica, ACDC. But then it would be other music videos like Sade or something else like that. Like, what is this? <laughs> what, what is she doing? <laughs> you, know, and you know, they, they did the, uh, the video for Tool's uh, Schism. I remember that in an episode. They're like, what is this? Yeah, you know, there's a little guy in a, in a, you know, in a dresser drawer, and what the hell? <laughs> you know, just trying to figure out the video. You know, then they would do, like, rap videos, like they would do Ice-T and, you know, Ice Cube, and be like, yeah, Compton in the house. And they would just start twerking on the couch. <laughs> and then they're out of out every time you, yay! Yes. Hey, Dean, is that you? Jesus fucking Is Christ. it you? It's me. <laughs> What the actual fuck? But here I am. I figured it out. I apologize for this nonsense. Uh, but but here we are. And yeah, we got to go. We're ready to talk terror tonight <laughs> on uh, Talking Terror. Uh, King, I had started uh, to hear you mention... Uh, the the Beavis and Butthead uh, movie, and I yeah. was just curious. <clears throat> you don't have to repeat your whole review, uh, but yeah. uh, if you thought it was enjoyable and, and, and worth checking out. Oh, absolutely. Like I said, if you like Beavis and Butthead Do America, if you just like those two characters, you'll like this one. Uh, they go into 2022, and it's just kind of cool seeing these two characters from the 90s try to figure out 2022. You know, with phones that you could pay for with stuff, and all of a sudden now they have unlimited access to nachos. So all they have to do is show the phone, and they have nachos. So it's just, it's, it's fucking, it's just, it's so great. So if you have a chance to check it out, you know, it's, it's a fun movie from beginning to end. All right. Oh, and the fact that you probably get porn everywhere. Well, yeah. Well, yeah, don't tell them that. They didn't quite figure that out. <laughs> But yes, Dean, you're back. You're clear. You're good. All right. What are we talking about tonight with our news? What do you got for us? Uh, 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 what are we talking about tonight? Uh, uh, you know, I know earlier we, we had referenced in our, in our discussions, our online discussions about, uh, you know, 
the boys and and Stranger Things yeah. and uh, mm-hmm. you know I am up to date on the boys. I am not up to date on uh, Stranger Things. I watched the second to last episode last night. Okay, and I will be wrapping up this season uh, at the end of Talking Terror this evening. Uh, so I'm very much nice. looking forward to it. But I'm here to tell you that the Duffer Brothers have started a new company, uh, a, okay. new produ- a new uh, production company called Upside Down Pictures. Uh, and Upside Down Pictures is going to be bringing all kinds of uh, original content, not just Duffer Brothers written content, but uh, okay. you know, all kinds of content nonetheless. And one of the things that uh, that they're most excited about that they will directly be working on is a TV series uh, of Stephen King's uh, The Talisman series. Uh, oh, okay. The Duffers have said that Amblin and Spielberg uh, have owned and have been sitting on the rights to this forever, and they have mm-hmm. looped the Duffers. Something happened, and the Duffers have been looped in, uh, and that is one of the things that the Duffer brothers are going to be working on. Uh, you know, post Stranger Things, no, no timeline right. uh, or anything uh, as far as that is concerned. Um, but I thought I'd bring that up because there are a few uh, Stranger Things items uh, that I'm just going to kind of run through right now. Uh, we know yeah, Netflix is it. uh, stingy with their numbers, but they're proud to announce that uh, Stranger Things uh, season four has uh, at least one billion hours viewed uh, so far. And uh, so it's just it's just a smashing success. Uh, but uh, it's also been stated that you will probably not going to be seeing Stranger Things season five, the final season, uh, for quite some time. Uh, they did say that yeah. you shouldn't expect you shouldn't expect to wait as long as you did between three and four. Uh, but season five. Uh, they are going to be taking their time on. Uh, they haven't even begun uh, working on it yet. They said that the writer's room for season five uh, will officially open in August. So uh, hmm. they'll, they'll be getting ready to get down to business. Uh, although they do know, uh, you know, while they need to get into the, the writer's room, they do know how it's going to end. They say that the right. final 20 minutes of the last episode, um, they say they have it down like note for note. Um, and they've had that, the, how it will end for, for quite some time. And then also, uh, because there's hmm. been talk about various types of Stranger Things spinoffs after this main story comes to an end, uh, the Duffer Brothers did say that any any Stranger Things spinoff that may or may not happen uh, will not be uh, involving any of the characters that you know and love. There won't be any Dustin, there won't be any Steve or Eleven or any other numbers uh, they said mm-hmm. that any spinoff will be uh, a complete original story, uh, but one that is tied uh, in some ways to the, the Stranger Things mythology. And, uh, you should expect any spinoff to be very different than what you've seen so far. I kind of like that idea. You know, want to expand the universe a little bit. You know, see what other people are doing in, in Hawkins. And yeah, as far as, uh, you know, the wait for season five. I mean, they've been saying 2024. That's the rumor that 2024 right. is going to be the, the timeline for that. I mean, that's again, a very long time. You know, it's an extra two years. And I mean, if they could deliver what they deliver with season four, I'm kind of okay with it because I think this season right. so far has been my favorite since part one. The season's like, been I fucking, fucking awesome. So 
I yeah. cannot wait. Uh, <laughs> and don't get me wrong. I'm, 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 I'm thrilled to be taking part in uh, Talking Terror right now, but I am right. very, very much looking forward to, to our show concluding this evening so I can dig in uh, to, oh, to yeah. Stranger Things Part 5. And what I'm really excited about, uh, and this has served me so well, uh, you know, um, you know, since January, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's when I watch when I talk about oh I'm going to watch this when the show is over tonight. Traditionally, uh, you know, I usually watch things uh, on my laptop uh, or on my phone with headphones. Um, but the new TV uh, that I have that's in the living room, and the living room TV is the only the only TV we have in the house, uh, has right. built-in Bluetooth. So I just listen. I can watch TV now and listen on my headphones right from the TV. So I will have. I've been. I've been watching wow. Stranger Things and the Boys. I've been watching everything with the full, you know, like regular size TV screen experience. It's been. It's been quite wonderful. Yeah, and that's that's awesome. Yeah, and I'm also a yeah. big believer in only having one TV in the house. Like I don't believe in having a and TV just, in the bedroom. It's, so. it's, it's yeah no uh, we don't have a TV in the bedroom and it's mostly it's mostly has to do with 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 the sound you know because you know my my wife gets up super early for work so she starts. Uh, you know, she's starting like her her routine to get ready for bed like between eight and nine o'clock. So like I can't be right. up at ten thirty like watching some fucking screaming horror movie in the living room uh, because you know our <laughs> house is not very big and and it's like you know can't yeah. eat you know from the fucking living room. So anyway, uh, I'm excited to watch it later tonight. And also, yeah, uh, yeah. the mm-hmm. the Duffer Brothers have said that for Stranger Things spinoff, uh, they will most likely be uh, handing off uh, the show running. Uh, okay. responsibilities uh, that, you know, they are happy to continue this tradition for the end of the main story, but then it will be time to find uh, a trusted a trusted team to, to carry to carry it forward. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited for it. And I know that they said with uh, season five, there's also going to be a time jump uh, between, you know, 86, where we are right now, and season five. So I'm looking forward to seeing how far they go. Because there obviously the yeah, kids I mean, aren't getting any younger. They have to. You they, know. They, exactly. Yeah. They have to. They totally have to. Just, even uh, even what I've seen in the in the eight episodes uh, that I've watched in season four, uh, yeah. you know, and, and and not not linearly. You know, this isn't linear from the first episode to the eighth episode, uh, but there are times in like. The third episode. I'm just I'm just making this up. This is not facts. Right. Any of right. the people listening might be thinking, "Oh, I'm going to go look for this." But <laughs> there there have been times where I feel like uh, like Millie Bobby Brown looks like older in uh, episode three uh, than she does in episode eight. So like they're they've they've done a lot of good camera placement and whatnot to try to kind of minimize uh how how aged uh the performers have gotten uh you know they did this a lot in season three also but you just have to have a time jump you know you just they can't you know these kids are going to continue to grow uh and there's nothing you can do especially uh if we're talking two years uh to make uh or or yeah two years to make the next season uh you know when stranger things uh, the first season started. We're talking about kids that have gone from like 12 years old to 18 years old, and like the yeah. changes that you go through in those in those years, and then from 18 to 20 is is humongous. It's like all of the growing and changing for the most part that you do in your life. So uh, I would imagine that a time jump is the only thing that makes sense. 
Yeah, it, it makes sense. And, you know, I mean, you could even do like the college years. You know, you could do that to, to end season five. I mean, you know, Dustin's the only one that still looks like he's still the same age. Like that poor kid. <laughs> he just doesn't look like he ages day, you know, since season one to season now, you know. So, but Lucas looks like he's 35. And, and Finn Wolfhard, as Mike, looks like he's 20. So they have to move it forward, you know, and, and see where these characters end up uh, in 88, 89. You don't have an end in 89. You know, this Lucas, was an 80s eccentric uh, show. It has vastly changed also in, oh, in yeah. this season. Also. Completely. Yeah, with the high top fade, you know, growing a little bit of the mustache, you know, so he's definitely grown, you know, and, but it's, I'm looking forward to hearing your thoughts on the, the last episode. Two and a half hours. Yeah. Strap in. Yes. No, that's it. I'm strapped in. Like, that's, that's like happening tonight. There's like no, like, there's no other way about it. Um, you know, just with needing, uh, you know, with the long weekend and a lot of stuff going on, like I had time to like get caught up on the boys. I had time to watch the movie for tonight. And I had time to watch episode eight of Stranger Things, but I, I didn't watch. And I oftentimes will like, like, for example, part eight, I w- actually watched in two sittings. Uh, I wasn't able okay. to get it all in and, at once. And I, right. I, for the final episode, I, I just want to sit down and watch it. I don't want to break it up. So I didn't get a chance. I didn't have the, 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 the time to, to carve it in. So I'm looking forward to tonight just putting it on and, and just watching it. And it definitely moves, man. Like, it does not feel like two and a half hours. Like, I, yeah. I felt like an hour passed by, and all of a sudden the credits started rolling. I was like, holy shit, they did a great job. Didn't lag, right. didn't, you know, move any, you know. So I'm excited to hear your thoughts. And I know the ghoul is going to give his thoughts next week when he comes back. But, you know, it's, it's a great time, you know, looking forward to season five because this season fucking just rocked from the start to finish. Like season three was kind of, eh, it's okay. But season four, like, they made up for it. It's like they knew what we were thinking. They're like, yeah, we got to do better. <laughs> we're yeah. sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, so looking forward to that. All right, so what's next thing? What are we talking about? Uh, I know in the lore of Batman uh, that the monkey uh, has always been a big fan of George Clooney's nipple suit. And Loves it. I will well, yeah. tell you now <laughs> that... Yes, Queen. If, if <laughs> you would like to own the Batman nipple suit. It is Ooh. currently up for auction. There you go, monkey. Uh, it's up for auction now, and uh, Just the take starting my money. bid. <laughs> starting bid is only forty thousand dollars. No, that's okay, change, monkey. You get it. Uh, I might have to sell a kidney, but I'm going to make this happen. It will be part. <laughs> it will be actually. It will be part of Heritage Auctions Hollywood and Entertainment Signature Auction. Uh, the auction okay. will actually run live from July 22nd through July 23rd. Uh, but the starting bid for the nipple bat suit is forty thousand dollars. That's not saying that you're going to get it for forty, but that's where the bidding starts. No, just uh, in case you're interested. Open them in person. Uh, we're, yeah, we're, we're going to start a GoFundMe on the Talking Terror page because we're going to make this happen. <laughs> and then we're going to win this thing, and I'm going to wear it. <laughs> I'm going to wear this motherfucker. You better wear that shit to work. 
The show is yeah. working the nipple Batman too. <laughs> I'm Batman. <laughs> Why do you keep tweaking the nipples, monkey? It just feels right. <laughs> Ooh, and then, then I, I, but then I, but then I got to get the uh, the Mastercard to go with it. <laughs> yeah, you got to get the Batman Mastercard. <laughs> never leave home without it. <laughs> no, Batman. That that's fucking cool though. Imagine somebody buying that suit. Nicholas Cage probably will buy it. He was no, I don't know that he's a Batman guy. He's a Superman guy. He, he is definitely a Superman guy, but his accountant is watching his fucking money now. Yeah, he, yeah, you know, he, <laughs> like you know, like I, I think he's got like you know one of those dog collars on there. Whenever he starts to get like an idea about how to spend money, you know, it, it shocks him and then sends an alert to his accountant. No. <laughs> I was only looking. Ah, uh, <laughs> I was only window shopping. What, what, what do we say, Nick? No more pyramids. No more dinosaur bones. <laughs> you take the fun out of everything. Go to my room. Oh, you're not really mad at me. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> I just got out there by John Travolta. Oh my God, I'm Batman. Oh, look at me, Nick. Oh, like I'm in the nipple Batman suit. Oh, oh wow! Oh my gosh, I'm Batman. Look at me. I'm like I'm like Batman flying my 747. Like it's like crazy. I'm gonna call this the Batplane. Look at me, Nick. I'm imagining some too. I'm Batman. Damn you, Travolta. Fuck you, Travolta! <laughs> yeah. be, so that's a movie all in and of itself. Travolta versus the cage. The battle for the nipple face. This is the face-off sequel that we we never knew we needed, but we always wanted. Just them sitting at their laptop, bidding on the nipple suit from Batman and Robin. No, I'm going to get it, Nick. I don't think so. And then every once in a while, a random bid pops in, Mad Monkey. Who the fuck is this <laughs> Like, oh, my God. Like, this guy from, you know, Pennsylvania got it. Oh, my God. <laughs> Where'd he come up with the money? Then, then Nicholas Gage goes into a rage. Cody keeps driving the price up. <laughs> okay, I don't need this. I have another movie to make, and I'm too busy getting on Batman. And that's what I need right now, accountant. Stop rage caging. I know. I know. I'm calm. I'm calm. I'm cool. I'm cool. I'm fine. Cool, baby. I'm going to go to my room and reenact Mandy scenes. You do that. You do that, Nick. Give me, give me your phone. <laughs> give me your phone before you go up. You're not, you're not bidding up in the bedroom. No. <laughs> oh. Take my phone. I got another one upstairs. What's that? No, Nick. <laughs> All right, Dean, what's next? What are you talking about? All right, so I am not talking about the 1995 Love? film starring no. uh, William Baldwin and Sidney Crawford, uh, Cindy Crawford uh, called Fair Game. But what I am here to talk movie. about is an Australian film uh, from 1986 that is uh, coming to the States for the first time 
1986 Australian thriller, a revenge thriller uh, titled Fair Game. Uh, and this was the uh, this film is was the inspiration for Death Proof. Uh, so really? this film, oh, okay. Fair Game, is going to be released into some theaters only around the Los Angeles area uh, this Friday on July 8th. Uh, but you'll be able to see it video on demand uh, starting on July 12th. And then there is going to be some type of physical release uh, later in the summer in August. But a uh, an outback set Australian film, uh, a young woman uh, who runs a wildlife sanctuary, um, you know, is is uh, assaulted by kangaroo poachers, uh, and she must seek revenge on those who have done her wrong. So, uh, you know, Tarantino has Tarantino has spoken uh, very highly of this film and. Apparently, it was the inspiration for, for Death Proof from the Grindhouse era, uh, Tarantino, um, you know, Tarantino's Death Proof in the, in the Grindhouse wow. feature. Probably had a lot that. of scenes of her walking around through the Outback without any shoes on. <laughs> Barefoot. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so, that's uh, so again, bizarre, because that's not even the Death Proof plot, so that's weird. That's, yeah, know, I've like, never, how did you get I've, Death Proof from that? I don't know. Um, I've I've actually I've never even heard of this film, and uh, you know, but there you have it. I'm here to tell you about these things as I find out about them, and that is why I did. Yeah, I mean, that, I'm definitely going to want to check that out because the only Aussie kind of '80s slasher type movie that I know of was Road Games with uh, Jimmy Lee Curtis and Stacey Keach, which is a fucking really good movie. Um, you know, after she had said that she's done with horror movies, she did a thriller with Stacey Keach called Road Games, where she gets picked up by a truck driver in the Aussie Outback, and just a whole lot of fucking killing ensues. So hmm. that's another one. But now, yeah, fair game. You gotta check that out. Fair game. There you have it. Uh, the trailer is coming in hot. Uh, so anyway, Excellent. I just right. thought I would, I thought I would share that. And I love it. Uh, Thank you. I also, you know, we're getting. Uh, we're getting closer and closer uh, to the Halloween. Uh, what? <laughs> I, was just, I was just saying Halloween. Halloween. <laughs> no, 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 no. I have, I have nothing about about Halloween uh, this week. But we are I'm talking about the holiday. Uh, really? Slowly, <laughs> we are slowly inching closer to the Avatar uh, sequel, Avatar Two: The Way of Water, and. <laughs> James Cameron uh, James Cameron has said that he doesn't want to hear people whine about the running time uh, which will be at okay. least three hours uh, for the hmm. Avatar sequel he says that in this day and age people sit down and binge watch multiple episodes of hour long TV shows in one shot that his own kids will watch five episodes at a time of an hour-long right. TV series. Uh, you know, not taking into the account that when you're doing that, you can pause and go to the bathroom <laughs> yeah. and not miss anything, fix yourself a snack, right. go eat. Uh, you know, <laughs> do what you need to do. Yeah, fill, smoke your bowl, right. get another drink, uh, <laughs> not sit there in the movie theater. He says, he says, for Christ's sakes, people, it's okay if you have to get up and take a piss. 
uh, during the movie. Uh, so he doesn't want to hear about it. Damn. He doesn't want to hear whining. And in addition to that, in addition to that, James Cameron has also said that it's possible, possible uh, that he might not uh, direct the fourth and fifth Avatar films uh, himself, oh. that he might not handle the directorial uh, duties for Avatar 4 and 5. Um, Got a lot going on. He may be so. He may be dead by the time they come out. If that just yeah, based, of a based on the time it's taking him to make the sequel, yeah. Uh, he might not be alive. Um, yeah, but we'll see if those even happen, because like I have stated, you all know what my thoughts are on what's going to happen with this one. And, oh, yeah. uh, gonna you know, when, when I saw, <laughs> yeah. when I, when I saw, um, when I saw, uh, the Top Gun film, the Avatar mm-hmm. sequel had a, had a trailer in, in the, in the, in the theater and, Right. Um, one, I, 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 I vaguely have the, the, the thinnest thread strand of memory of the plot, uh, from the first one. And uh, this trailer that I watched Burn for gully. this one didn't do much, <laughs> didn't do much to, to refresh my memory. Uh, so, uh, again, um, you know, I don't have high hopes. Yeah. No. I wonder if, I wonder if the, the success or failure of the sequel and or part three uh, will have anything to do with Cameron's decision to, to remain in the director's chair for, for four and five. So we'll see what happens. Uh, we're still, you know, we're still six months out pretty much uh, five months out from, uh, yeah. you know, the December 22nd uh, release date. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I saw the trailer when I went to go see the black phone and I was like, Oh, just looks like Avatar again. Like, nothing new. I don't remember anything from the first one because I fell asleep during it. Uh, but I was like, yeah, it's a Fern Gully, you know, and, and that's it. It was, uh, I guess, impressive 3D for the time, real 3D. But at the same time, like you had said, Dean, with his thoughts on it, like, you know, just get up and be. It's like, well, some people don't want to miss a moment of the action. Some people just want to sit there and watch the entire thing. But I get it, because when I watched The Black Phone, I drank my drink, and I was like, oh, shit, i got to go piss, but this movie's so great. I was like, I'm just going to hold it. <laughs> Did the whole cross-legged thing and waited for the movie to end, and I raced to the, uh, the bathroom. But, yeah, you can't compare <laughs> it to Netflix or Hulu or something like that, you know, where you could pause it and just go get a drink, go have a smoke, go piss. You know, you're in a movie theater watching a movie. If you leave, you're going to miss a good couple minutes of the movie. And when you get back, and like, what the fuck happened? Oh, shit, no, I'm lost. <laughs> you got to sit there. And and the Batman, that movie was two hours and 55 minutes, and I sat there the entire time after drinking a goddamn Big Gulp. You know, same thing. I'm like, God, I can't move. I can't leave. i got to stay here. Don't think about going to the bathroom. Because <laughs> if you leave, something cool is going to happen. You're going to fucking miss it. <laughs> but, you, know, you know what? They just need to provide, you know, bags or something like that. Colossal bags, whatever. <laughs> oh man! TV, you know, <laughs> bag, bag just, <laughs> You go to sit down and there's just a bag right in between your legs. <laughs> yeah, I would fucking sign up for that. I'll do that real quick. But see you what? You know, I'm fine. I can go take a piss during the movie. I'm gonna be fine. You know, I don't have to get up. And then I can just drop it off in the trash bag on the way back. 
<laughs> yeah, but those yeah, but those bags hanging there are going to be such a turnoff to so many people, man. How how the ghoul is supposed to get like a you know a, a seventh blowjob to free Willie? <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, he's passed those, those days bags out. Hanging there. No, he's passed those days now. When he goes to the movies, he watches the fucking movie. I know him now. <laughs> you know, he even told me he's like, I don't care. He's like, I'll get the big drink. He's like, I'm just going to sit there for the entire movie. I'm not getting up. So, yeah, get me a bag. I'll sit there. Look at the guy next to me. What's up? How's it going? I'm peeing right now. <laughs> this movie's three hours. And I just bought the big old. So, that needs to be a thing. I mean, they sell them on TV. They talk about going to, like, football games and shit like that. And, like, bring the bag with you. And I was genius idea. What? You've never seen those, those little coffee bags that they sell on TV when you go to a sports game where you can just no, cut it right nope. over your dick and balls? Go to a – yeah, I, look it on YouTube. It's there. But, yeah, they sell bags where if you go to a sports event, you're like, man, i got to take a pit. So, luckily, I have this cup and bag. And then you can just go freely oh. and just kind of let it hang. Uh, I'm not, yeah, I'm not a NASCAR driver. I I, I got to get up and go. I can't, I can't just sit here and be all chill like you'd be like, so, yep. You know what I'm doing right I now? Can. I'm peeing. I mean, I need mean, direct eye contact when I go. <laughs> well, that, that's I mean, you can pee your pants. Just slip rubber pants. You always have to be the dominant one. No, that's what I'm talking about. You, you're there. You know, you're just peeing. <laughs> just wear rubber pants when you go to the movie theater then. That's fine. Like, I'll make direct eye contact when I'm going. You enjoying the movie so far? <laughs> yep. <laughs> guess what I'm doing. <laughs> Are you using the bag, aren't you? Rubber pants. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, see, I bought this two-bag special, so I have plenty of room. So don't worry. I'm not going anywhere, bro. How's it going? You want to grab a beer after this? No? After you get up to leave for the theater, it's all... Sloshing around. Yeah, excuse me, dude. I just got to drop these bags off. And afterwards, we could totally grab that drink. No, why are you running away from me, man? Hey, come on. We're friends. We saw the Batman together. <laughs> no. <laughs> He's gone. <laughs> All right, Dean, what's next? What are we talking about? Let's see. What else are we talking about? Uh, that was the world of James Cameron. Uh, the uh, Final Destination franchise, which uh, will... Once again, okay. us with another entry, uh, even though there have been numerous promises of uh, actual final, final, final destinations, but the the next edition of uh, Final Destination uh, is going to be a feature film uh, specifically for HBO Max. Uh, oh, okay. The, the creators are telling us that uh, they're planning to shake up uh, the franchise formula, uh, that their uh, final destination is not going to be, uh, you know, a, a setup where uh, a series of characters uh, cheat death, uh, you know, in an extreme situation, and then spend the rest of the time uh, getting hunted. Uh, by death, they said that they're uh, they have some different ideas that are going to bring uh, new and creative wrinkles into the franchise, uh, 
to deliver uh, you know what has not yet been seen. Uh, so if you are one who uh, all these years later are still uh, you know hanging with the final destination lure, uh, you should expect something different uh, according to the makers of the next film in the series. Okay. Well, are you guys, uh, Dean and Monkey, are you guys fans of the series? Like, have you watched them? I've only seen the we first We don't watch one. them. Does... Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I've seen four of them. And, yeah, they're, uh, they're just fun, man. They're, you know what you're getting into, and it's just a yeah. fun roller coaster ride of watching a, a, a really messed up Tom and Jerry cartoon. <laughs> so... It, yeah, it's, it's it's just it is what it is, and n- nothing deep in any way, shape, or form. It's just good fun popcorn horror. Yeah, I agree. And, and yeah, you know, um, good on them for wanting to change their formula. But at the same time, you know, why fix something that's not broken? Exactly. <laughs> some fun. Yeah. I did. Uh, I do want to rephrase what I said. The first film is the only one that I've seen uh, start to finish. I have watched like okay. the openings on. I've watched the openings on on YouTube. I've I've watched you know uh, YouTube videos with titles like the ten most gruesome deaths in Final Destination series. Like <laughs> yeah. so, I've seen like I've seen that stuff. Yeah, uh, but as far well, as watching yeah. the whole film, Long Truck, uh, I have not. <laughs> well, yeah, that's part two. The Log Truck is part two, so obviously you've seen that moment. You know, yes, you may I've not seen the all the way through. Right. No, like That's I said, I've seen it. all. I've seen the openings. I've seen all of that shit. I just I haven't seen the whole the whole film. Yeah. So I mean, I'm a sucker for those movies, especially Tony Todd showing up as death. You know, to kind of warn everybody about it. You don't want to fuck with that man, Gemma. <laughs> you know, but just don't mess with the formula. <laughs> you know, it's <laughs> you don't want to fuck with that Mac Daddy. You know, but yeah, it's just. <laughs> Why mess with something that's just good the way it is? Like we are, when you go to see a Final Destination movie, you know what you're going to get. You're going to get the premonition. You're going to get the actual accident, and then everybody trying to fight death. Works. You yeah. can make a million of those fucking yeah. movies, and I'll watch them. Yeah, and they're just great. Also, for the teenagers to get out there, be comfortable. You know, go, going out to see horror movies, and you, you get to sit there and just have fun. Yeah. You don't take it seriously. You know, the deaths are over the top, you know, and they're just fun. Carnage candy, as Randy says in Scream 2. Um, you know, this, I love those movies just because you can just turn your mind off. Like, there's no plot. <laughs> don't worry about the plot. Just, just enjoy how these people are going to die and the, the path that it takes. I mean, that's what it's all about. I know part five, it did the whole, we're making a new movie, but we're going to also make it a prequel. So strap in for that. And I was like, that's ah, kind of fun. So we'll see what the new one brings exclusive to HBO Max. I kind of wish it would be a theater experience because that's a fun time in the theater, being surrounded by people just going out of their minds when somebody dies, like the log truck in part two. <laughs> yeah. I saw that in theaters, and I'll never forget the experience. People just going, oh, my fucking God. <laughs> yeah, it's just so great when you're like, actually going to check out a movie like that with a very – interactive audience that is having fun and you're just getting over the top reactions all around you just makes for a great movie going experience. <laughs> mm-hmm. Nothing beats it. Nothing beats it. Like you're all there for a shared experience. You know what you're going to get. And just to see people react to the way that they do. It's my favorite part about going to the movies, especially to see a horror movie is just seeing how people react to it. 
you know, are they freaked out? Are they excited? Are they just cheering? And some people do, some people don't, but it's so great. When you're in an experience with other people that you're never going to meet, you're never going to know who they are. You know, once the lights come up, everybody leaves. But for that one moment, you share a collective experience that you probably won't forget. Well said, King. Thank you. All right, so what's next? What are we talking about? We have spent uh, so much time uh, talking about uh, Scream. And when I say Scream, I mean Scream 5 and right. uh, all of the different things that have come out about Scream 6. But, uh, you know, we know that for Scream 6, uh, uh, Hayden Panettiere's character of Kirby uh, will be returning. Uh, okay. And she, she put out a little missive uh, saying that uh, she does not think uh, that uh, fans of the character of Kirby are going to be disappointed, uh, you know, with what's going to be delivered uh, in the sixth uh, Scream film. And she also said uh, that for many years, uh, going back to, um, you know, 2012, uh, you know, up until recently, that for so many years, uh, and I didn't know this either, but uh, she has dealt with um, some uh, serious uh, addictions with alcohol and opioids. And really, okay, yes, which uh, you know caused her uh, marriage to, to heavyweight boxer Vladimir Klitschko to to end, uh, as well mm-hmm. as her at some point sending their daughter to live with him in Ukraine because uh, wow. she was in no condition uh, to be a mom. Uh, she said she suffered from postpartum depression, alcoholism, addiction to opioids. Uh, she said this even stems back to when she was a kid working in Hollywood, that uh, she was always given uh, what she called happy pills so she can be peppy on mm-hmm. red carpets and whatnot. And, uh, you know, this led to, to further addictions uh, that uh, you oh, know, she wow. had to, to hide, in, hide in many different ways. Really? Wow. Uh, ultimately, she, she did an eight-month stretch uh, in in rehab uh, and says that things are back on track. But uh, the previous, uh, the most recent romantic relationship that she was in publicly uh, involved, uh, you know, domestic violence where the dude had to stay 100 uh, feet from her and, uh, you know, what? then that was dropped and they were back together. And as recently in March, like, they were both involved in, like, a I don't think with each other, I think with others, but... Right. Uh, as recently as March, they were involved in like a like a drunken brawl on the sidewalk outside of some club somewhere. I, I, I don't know, but sounds like she's got a lot going on, and uh, you know, hopefully she yeah. has all that shit figured out. Um, you know, because she has to be Kirby, and she has to she be has Hayden. To. Uh, you know, she has a daughter yes. um, and whatnot. So hopefully, you know, she says mom. that you know she's not taking uh, life for granted, and that. Uh, hopefully her demons are, are behind her, and we hope so, too. Yeah, I, I, I'm a big fan of Hayden Pantieri, so hopefully she gets it all figured out. But you know what, Dean? Let's kind of take a diversion here for a quick second, uh, because you did announce on the group chat that the Quirks 3 trailer came out. Uh, and as we talk about Kevin Smith and his movies, uh, did everybody have a chance to check the trailer out? Uh, yes. I did check out the Quirks 3 trailer. <laughs> So, yeah, let's take a moment to, to kind of talk about it. So, Dean, what did you think about it when you saw it? So, so, so here's the thing, man. Uh, I feel that uh, for what his films are, 
in this universe, in his universe, uh, specifically like the Clerks stuff, um, you know, it's truly hard to get a sense from the trailer because uh, they can only go to so many places, uh, you know, and, and show you so much because these films are all about the, the relationships and the dialogues and the conversations, uh, right. the interpersonal stuff between the characters, you know, like... Well, looking at the trailer, say yeah. for like Clerks Two, for example, like looking at the trailer for Clerks Two, I'd be like, oh mm-hmm. man, like roll my eyes, like this looks so fucking stupid, and mm-hmm. you know, then you finally see it, and it's totally different. Yeah, and yes, all those parts from the trailer are there, uh, but it doesn't reveal it. Like the story doesn't reveal itself until you're in the thick of it. You know, and then it ends, and you're like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> you know, so I'm hoping, I'm I'm hoping for the same uh, for for Clerks Three. Um, you know, it looks like you know dealing, uh, you know, with a with a with the health issue with Randall. Um, and this is no yeah. spoiler. This is right in the trailer. Um, yes, it is. You know, creates an opportunity uh, for those interesting conversations and ponderings on friendships and relationships because you know those characters are you know reaching an age where it's not outside the realm of possibility that somebody dies of a heart attack um and how do you face that and how do you and how do you how do you deal with that how do you navigate that as as one who has had an episode and and then as those around you that care about you and love you so uh very interested to, to see what what he's got um, but you know the trailer itself, like, like doesn't make me really feel like excited or like you know like I was like oh there they all are and that's what's going on. But you know like I like I really can't like it's not like seeing a trailer and getting so hyped up for something to me. Mm-hmm. Right. Maki, what do you think? Uh, yeah, um, Dean, you bring up a lot of good points there, man. Because again, it's you know with these movies, it's not the big moments that you see in the trailer, it's all of the conversations, man. And that, that makes these movies classics, you know, and uh, I'm just hoping he goes back to his writing roots for clerks one clerks two, you know, instead of just straight up over the top zaniness, like he does with the Jay and silent Bob movies. You know, I'm hoping Mm -hmm. he stays in that vein, you know, where it's, you know, a lot better lines, you know, a lot more personal, and instead of just straight up over the top, because I personally was not a fan of reboot. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, to say, I fucking, but, but but I fucking love Clerks too, like a motherfucker, and I'm yeah. hoping this stays <laughs> in the same vein. No, so, King, what are you hoping for? <laughs> I'm in I'm in the same boat as all of you guys. Like you know, I know that with Kevin Smith movies the trailer doesn't always relate to the movie as a whole. Like, you know, you're going to see a lot more in the movie than you get in the trailer. Um, you know, I, I just, I couldn't think of a clerks three. I was like, they're going to make a clerks three. And I was like, you know what? This is the best way to do it. Randall having a heart attack and deciding he wants to make a movie about being a clerk, you know, working at the quick stop, working at RST, you know, and making it happen, you know, and all the casting calls that they do. Um, I love the moment towards the end of the trailer where it's black and white and you see the guy with a gun, and that was the original ending for Clerks, where Dante gets shot, and it ends with him being killed. So having oh, really? Dante run up and go, what the hell? Yeah. So, yeah, that was Kevin Smith's original ending for Clerks. And it was filmed, and it's on the deleted scenes on the Clerks DVD, if you have one. 
Um, but yeah, so Dante's closing up. A guy comes in with a gun, shoots him, steals the money, and then leaves. So in the trailer for Damn. Clark Street, to have that happening, going, what the hell? He's like, well, you know, my original vision, you got shot. I'm going to get killed. <laughs> you know, so I was glad that Kevin <laughs> kind of brought that up, you know, and he's going to put it in the movie. I thought that was just great. And, of course, seeing Jan Samuel Bob always and being compared to uh, C-3PO and R2-D2. Right? It's like, yeah, you know, the fang uh, characters. <laughs> they always end up on the lunchbox in the end. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, I'm, I'm uh, again, I'm, 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 again, I'm just hoping, you know, Kevin Smith is writing from the heart, no pun intended here, you know, of, about right. him having to deal with his own heart attack, you know, and the yeah. way his family and friends, you know, were around him and supported him <laughs> during that. And, you know, this is, you know, pro- probably where he's tapping into. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. You know, I'm looking forward to it, and I was glad to, you know, talk about it because when the dean said it was out, I was like, fuck yeah, dude. Can't wait. So, all right. So what else is next thing? What do you got? Uh, you know, if anybody out there, and I'm sure there are some that are like, we need this, we need this. Uh, but if, for those out there who uh, might be wanting more toys, uh, a sequel, <laughs> no, a sequel, uh, Sean of the Dead, a Sean of the Dead 2, uh, you know, mm, nope. you probably should not mm. be getting your hopes up. Uh, according to Ooh. Simon Pegg, there are, there are no uh, plans for any kind of uh, Sean of the Dead um, revisit. Uh, he said, uh, you know, in the first film, almost everybody uh, died, and, you know, Ed is a mm-hmm. zombie that lives in a shed. There's not much more story uh, to be told, and Edgar Wright uh, was asked about <laughs> it, and he said, uh, Edgar Wright said, yeah, uh, you know, he has not gone back to, you know, like horror comedy, like been there, done that, and has moved on, and it's just, uh, you know, loves it very much, but but that's that, you know, that like there, there yeah. are... There are there are anyone that's out there like holding on, thinking that there should be more. Uh, you know, shouldn't shouldn't continue to get their hopes up because those guys say yeah. say no dice, and that's fine. I'm I am fine with that. Yeah. Uh, you know, sometimes yeah, me too. Okay you had just me to have... for a minute there, Dean. <laughs> no, don't, don't be worried. What I'm saying is that you know sometimes sometimes it's okay for there to just be one movie. You know, there, not everything needs to be a franchise. Not everything needs to have a sequel or a trilogy nope. uh, or a quadrology or a quintuple right. or a you know, or a, sex, a sextantology, whatever the fuck they're called. Uh, not everything needs <laughs> to, to have multiple films and, and whatnot. Uh, so I, no, for that, one, yeah. am fine with Shaun of the Dead. It wraps up just fine. Uh, yeah. You know, and I'm, I was you know, pleased to hear Peg and, and Wright echo those sentiments. Man, you oh, had me completely. worried for a second, though. I thought you, you had me thinking, man, they were going to make a sequel. And I was like, no! <laughs> like, no, no it, it. <laughs> They've been vehemently against doing a sequel to Shaun of the Dead for a number of years. They did the Cornetto trilogy with Hot Fuzz and The World's End. If anything, Edgar Wright said that if he was going to do a Shaun sequel, it was going to be from Dust Till Shaun, and it was going to be a vampire movie. So he was like, if anything, I'll do a vampire movie, but I'm not doing another sequel to Shaun of the Dead. Like I still over. have to see the so. third one from that series. Oh, the World's End? It's great. I think you'll like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't, I haven't seen it. I got to get to that. It's definitely gonna make yeah, you so want to listen to Sisters of Mercy. 
Well, that's always a good time. Who doesn't want to listen to Sisters of Mercy? I know I do. That's why I drive time music when I'm driving around. <laughs> Smiths. <laughs> yeah. Gotta have them both on. Gotta have that balance. It's like you have sad on this way, but you have sad in the other way. <laughs> but, all right, Dean, what's next? So um, I have learned that uh, Michael Bay is restarting his Platinum Dunes uh, production hmm. company. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I remember seeing that logo. <laughs> yeah. A I lot mean, of remakes. Yeah, Platinum <laughs> Dunes was like the the four the, the they were like the kings of churning out uh horror remakes. Um mm-hmm. so he is resurrecting the Platinum Dunes banner banner. Um and uh, you know, I haven't seen anything about what uh, uh you know, direction things uh, you know, or what uh titles or what, what the what the plan is. Uh, but the you know Texas Chain there was a Texas Chainsaw mm-hmm. remake there was a part of the Thirteenth remake the Nightmare Elm remake uh, we're all under that banner um, you know the, I think the Hitcher remake was was under that yes. banner um, correct yes you know so so of eyes, I think, uh, so uh, yeah I'm not I'm not sure I don't I don't have like a list in front of me but uh, yeah but it was you lot. know um, but Platinum Dunes is is, is coming back. Oh, the remakes are bound. He's like, well, uh, everyone's doing remakes anyway. <laughs> yes. At this time, it is unknown what type of projects might happen. Uh, so while uh, Platinum Dunes is known for its genre work, it's possible they might be planning to to, to branch out. So uh, who knows what's going to happen, but uh, that, that banner will, will be back. Well, we'll see what they do. Yeah. He's gonna try. He's gonna try and bring back rom coms. <laughs> <laughs> well, didn't Owen Wilson and Joe bring that back with that movie, Marry Me, whatever it was? That or that was the, one. The... Uh, but come on, man. Just like the, just like you know, we always say with the adult thrillers that were around in the '90s and shit like that. Rom coms were all abound in the '90s, man. The, that that was like you know, date night all over the place was rom coms in the '90s. <laughs> And they brought it this back true. with Owen Wilson and Jello with that Marry Me movie. I mean, just where's Matthew McConaughey? He'll do one. He was always. Uh, I think he's no. I, I think you're wrong about that, man. He's he's moved on. I don't think you're, you'd. Yeah. I, I would bet money that you would that you could expect to see uh, like Owen Wilson in, in a rom com uh, before you before you see Matthew McConaughey. I feel that you know he had that mm. big era of time where that's like all he was in. But I feel like yeah. if you go and look at everything that he's been in over the last maybe even. 10 years, uh, you know, he's gone back to, you know, taking on more serious roles for the most part, uh, like earlier in his career when he was in shit like, uh, um, to kill. I can't remember the, uh, yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, but then he yeah. went that, yeah, oh, that yeah. romantic comedy route and kind of hung out in that area for quite some time. I don't think you, you should expect to see him in, in, in that kind of stuff again. And speaking of Wesley, Owen Wilson is, uh, you know, he's one of those actors that I feel like you could not escape uh, for the longest time, and I feel like I, I don't even wow. know the last time I've even heard that name. <laughs> well, that's just, well, that's it. no, but that's exactly what the king was saying is that him and J Lo actually did a romantic comedy 
that the came out on the streaming not too. Uh, no, it was called Marry Me. Yes, that one. Oh, yeah, oh I had no idea. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. They actually did one, and I and I saw it, and it was actually pretty good because I'm a fan of because rom- I like my romantic Whoa. comedies. <laughs> oh, you soft motherfucker! <laughs> yeah. Okay, no books. Plenty that I like too. Kate. <laughs> I like the notebook. That's the one that I yeah I, I know you because <laughs> I fucking like Ryan Gosling. That's why. <laughs> Crushing that guy. <laughs> I like the guy. Man, he does have some fine ass abs on him. <laughs> oh man, did you see him in the uh, the Barbie movie that's coming out with him and Margot Robbie, oh, directed dude. by uh, Greta Gerwig? He's, he's Ooh, fucking dude. ripped. You can wash your fucking clothes in those abs. <laughs> yeah, man. I, I was I saw shots of him uh, because they were sh- showing bits and pieces on Entertainment Tonight for the new Barbie movie, and I was like, holy mm-hmm. fuck. Did he get in, <laughs> did he get in fucking shape? Damn. <laughs> well, even he had a, a a time where he was doing these weird movies that were against type for him, like Drive, uh, Only God Forgives, uh, The Lost River, where it was totally against type. The House in the Pines, uh, I think, was another one, where it was like, yeah, I'm, I'm I know my heart for Rob, but I'm going to do these weird fucking movies. And then he had a band called Dead Man's Bones which is all like horror theme music and it's really good. But yeah, he was just trying to go against type. And then all of a sudden he's like, you know what, Barbie, I'll do it. And I was like, I will fucking see it. That's like, oh, my God, like, man. Oh yeah. The so team totally wants to see this thing, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So Dean, is that it? Or do you have something else you want to talk about before we get in the No, there's, I, got a, I got a couple more things and that's okay. Um, one. It's uh, your movie. So you, hell yeah. <laughs> yes, it is. And, um, you know, in news that I, I don't know if this is good or bad news for, for the King of okay. Horror anymore, but, but Shudder uh, has announced uh, that there is going to be a season five of The Last Drive-In starring Joe Bob Briggs. Uh, season <laughs> four is, is, is almost uh, wrapping up, and, and they have announced that they have signed on uh, for a fifth season of The Last Drive-In. Awesome. I have not watched a single episode. So Ever King since Smokey and I met him, on, on yeah, Joe Bob nope. Briggs. Ever King since, Sowers. wow, really? Yep, I have not watched a single episode of The Last Drive-In. Like, I just fuck it, I don't Damn. care. Damn, <laughs> you know, you fucking hack. Wow, it hit you that hard, you have, man. You have uh, fucking hack. Wow. So, Joe Bob, if you are listening, uh, you know, or uh, if anybody not, close to the Joe Bob organization is listening right now, uh, let it me. be known. Let it be known uh, that you have yep. you have. You have lost a, a fan, uh, oh, someone yeah. that held you at one time in, in yep. high regard uh, and yep. has now not watched one minute of The Last no. Drive-In with Joe Bob Briggs. Nope. Uh, no, so, I haven't watched a uh, single episode. This is what you get uh, when you can't appreciate those uh, who support your career and allow you to have a career, uh, you know, doing cool shit that most anyone would love to be doing if you were a fan of yeah. this genre. So. Uh, shame on you, Joe Bob Riggs, for, for the, the yes, heartbreak that, that have brought our own king of horror. Yep. Nope. Not going to support anything he does. I was over it <laughs> after that time. I was like, I will put it on the Talking Terror Facebook page because I like to have everybody check it out. But nope. Me? No. I want to spend a second of my time watching the drive-in. One so. second. 
Uh, sure, so anyway, but that's the news about Joe Bob Riggs. Uh, moving on. Okay. Uh, so, uh, Fuck that as a <laughs> as a long time and uh, regular daily listener to the Howard Stern uh, radio program, uh, the okay. show has just uh, wrapped up for uh, the summer. Um, you know, Howard's uh, contracts these days are are structured so in a way it's almost like there's more days off than there are shows. Uh, but awesome. like for him, yeah. you know, <laughs> the, the show is now is now off uh, for, like, no, for pretty mean... much the rest, pretty much the rest of the summer. And uh, when they had their final episode uh, last week, uh, they were you know saying their goodbyes uh, for the summer. Uh, the show ended, and like the closing music came on, and apparently whoever's in charge of the mics uh, didn't turn off Howard's mic. Uh, so his oh, no. was still hot, and uh, when uh, you know they were, I guess, packing up their shit, someone asked Howard about his summer schedule and what he was going to be doing, and uh, Howard was uh, caught on hot mic saying uh, that he had just received uh, his filming schedule for the MCU and how he was going to be starring in some type of Doctor Doom movie in the Marvel Universe, uh, and that the schedule oh, was going to suck. And that he has been already talking to Robert Downey Jr. to get some advice and pointers for working on a big Marvel production. Uh, nothing has been confirmed, but uh, the show was over. You know, like credits right. were rolling, and and this was just a hot mic that was still on. So, uh, you know, he has made no comment about that. Uh, there has been no confirmations and whatnot, but uh, you know, he was bitching and griping and complaining about the busy schedule as he does about everything. Uh, you know, so apparently there is some kind of Marvel Doctor Doom uh, film uh, that Howard Stern will be taking part of in some capacity. No, oh, sounds like they planned it. Like all of a sudden, oh no, hot mic. Like, yeah, but, yeah. No, that's not. That's not. Hey, that's, hey. I, I've been I've been listening to this 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 sh- this, this show from since the eighties, and right. uh, that's not that's not the style like that. Okay, that, 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 that's I, I would think yeah, that's not how uh, that would work. Uh, he wouldn't plan like a. I'm going to get this information out by putting, leaving, right. acting like a. Like it just that's not the way the show operates. You know, like it just okay. that just would not happen. Yeah. So uh, because you know, but, but I'm saying is maybe I'm saying maybe it was a joke. You know, I'm saying that's what the king was saying is maybe it was a joke saying he's going to be in a Marvel movie, and that yeah. was them um, pulling a joke I, by I, leaving the mic on. Okay, so yeah, I hear what you're saying there too. But, like, the way he was complaining about the, what the schedule is going to be, right, uh, right. like, that's just, that's, I don't know, like, it just, that, that's just not the... You could be right. Like, I just don't, I don't see know. it as a joke, you know? And, and again, I'm not yeah. super up on what's going on in the world of Marvel and whatnot, so mm-hmm. I'm just reporting on, on what had happened. So no, maybe, he, he or maybe right, not, Howard Stern yeah. is going yeah. to be involved in some Doctor Doom project for Marvel. But on the flip side, either way, it's like I'm surprised that they haven't tapped Howard Stern in even the slightest bit when you think about it, since a lot of Marvel is based around New York anyway, and Howard Stern yeah. is an icon of New York. You know, and I'm surprised he hasn't had at least a cameo yet as well, you know, one can, of the Marvel projects. I can tell you that uh, he has spoken very clearly about how he gets, uh, you know, movie type shit pitched at him all the time, and he always says no. Uh, 
uh, because he either doesn't want to look stupid or he doesn't think the part is right or you know a whole litany what as opposed of, to fart man of, of, of <laughs> <What's that? laughs> as, as opposed to fart man when he was on the MTV Music Awards. <laughs> I mean, you got to remember that's that's we're talking this summer. That's thirty years ago, you know. So yeah, yeah, like, you might make you might make different decisions about things you did in your career thirty years ago. Uh, you know, <laughs> so we are talking thirty years. Uh, but anyway, uh, you know, I'm just letting you all know that maybe he is involved in some kind of Doctor Doom project for Marvel. Very interesting. And then, yeah. um, and then finally, since we are uh, this Friday, will put us, I believe, two weeks out uh, from uh, or Thursday, tomorrow or Friday, will put us two weeks out uh, till finally uh, Jordan Peele's next film, Nope, uh, is yep. released upon the world. And, uh, you know, you know, he's been making the rounds and, and doing some press uh, and whatnot. And what I am here to tell you as uh, being that Jordan Peele has become, you know, one of the, the lead voices in, in mainstream horror uh, in American film culture. Uh, you know, he was, with, uh, he was talking with he uh, was talking with Far Out uh, magazine and Jordan Peele has given us. Uh, his uh, nine favorite horror movies. Uh, so okay. I'm gonna, sure. uh, you know, wrap up this portion of the program by sharing you with his, with you uh, Jordan Peele's nine favorite horror movies. And this is in no particular order. Awesome. Uh, but okay. we have we have from 1991 we have Dead Again. Mm-hmm. Good one. And we have from 1980 The Shining. From yep. 2014, yeah. <laughs> we have uh, the Baba Duke, and also oh. from 2014 Fuck we that. have it. It follows. Uh, from it. 2003, uh, we have a one. tale of two sisters. That's yeah, a good one too. A tale of two sisters. Really from 2003. Uh, from 1963, we have the birds. Uh, oh, from yep. <laughs> We totally got to pick yes. that for the, <laughs> the goal one time. <laughs> uh, Alfred Hitchcock's uh, The Birds, of course. Uh, from uh, 1997, uh, we have Funny Games. Yeah, really Yeah, this is the original, not the not the remake. Yeah, not that the was remake. Directed by the same director. Uh, the remake mm-hmm. had the same director, uh, but this is the original yep. film. Uh, from 2008, a film I believe we covered on the show once called Martyrs. Um, yes, we did. And also uh, from 2008, uh, Let the Right One In. So uh, Ooh, that's a good the one too. You know, list of nine films that Jordan Peele claims to be his favorite horror movies. Well, except for the Babadook, I'm all in that list. It's a strong list, but yeah. Yeah, they probably Baba Duke on the show. But <laughs> <laughs> it's terrible. <laughs> All right. So great. Yes, that's Jordan Peele's nine list of horror movies. Uh, but cool, talking about horror you. movies, as we go into this section, uh, we're going to be talking about The Happiness of the Katakuris, directed by Sasha Mike from 2001. Dean, this is your pick. Uh, give us a quick synopsis, what you thought about it. Let's kick this thing off. Yes, this is The Happiness of the Katakuris. Uh, from Takashi Miike uh, from uh, 2001. And 
what we have here is a uh, multi-generation multi, uh, uh, family uh, of weirdos who have decided uh, to, to purchase, uh, you know, an inn uh, under the premise that they had heard that there was going to be a new highway installed uh, passing right by, which uh, made this family believe that their path to financial independence uh, would be to be running this roadside inn of which the road ultimately was not built. Uh, so they manage this inn that has no business. Um, you know, each of the family members is odd and unique in their own uh, way. And uh, finally, uh, some guests start to show up and uh, and die. And in order to not have any bad publicity that might keep actual guests away, they decide to take things into their own hands and bury uh, the bodies on the property. Um, you know, all types of uh, weirdness ensuing. Uh, and it's also a musical. So, I have to say, uh, and maybe maybe either of you can remind me, because I was just talking about this earlier today and I couldn't remember, but weeks, several weeks ago, but like, you know, recently, the last couple of months, uh, one of the picks on one of the nights uh, might have featured uh, a, a short musical number of some kind. Does this ring any bells to anybody? Because uh, it doesn't to me. No. No. Yeah, because uh, you, you might have been thinking about when we were talking about Miss <laughs> Marvel and we were talking about the, there was a musical Bollywood se- segment in, in there. And we no, no, it wasn't talking wasn't about Miss Marvel for sure. Didn't Boot have uh, a number? I don't think Boot did. Did, did Stree? Did that one Stree? Scree? Stree? Did that one have a musical number? Yes. Shree oh, yeah. Stree did. Yeah. Yeah, Stree yeah, did. Yeah, yeah, there, there, there it is. So, yeah, yeah, going Shree, back... Stree had two musical Boot things. <laughs> there you have it. So, when we were watching Stree, and, like, I, like I am a, I'm a huge fan of, of the Bollywood musical numbers for certain... Uh, and musicals, in, musical numbers in general. I was thinking to myself, man, like there has to be some, you know, aside from like, and I don't even know if it actually is a musical that uh, a demon barber of Fleet Street. Um, Sweeney Todd. Yes, like, it is. I was like, there's got to be, there's got to be some yep. horror musicals. So I, I did some looking in in my never-ending list of titles. Like I have a little section that has the musicals. And when I was trying to decide what to watch for tonight, I saw that one and I looked it up and I was like, oh, this sounds perfect. And I have to say, it was it, it, it played out, uh, you know, based on my readings of the descriptions of this film, uh, it played out so vastly different uh, to what my hopes were for it. Like, I had very high hopes, because I also believe very much in uh, Takashi Miike. Um, so, uh, you know, I uh, was a little bit disappointed in this film. Truly, like, unique and creative and bizarre. Um, yeah. But this... This, it wasn't what I was looking for when, when making this pick. Okay. But Monkey, what did you think about the happiness of the Katakuri? All right. Uh, real quick. Okay, so Dean, then you made this as a serious pick and then not as a joke pick. Is that what you're saying? No, that, because that is correct. Because we know correct. that you that do correct. both. <clears throat> okay. No, this was no, – right, I haven't I – haven't, uh, I honestly uh, – I haven't made a joke pick in, in quite some time. Um, 
Okay, yes, it's do, just because we know you because we know you do do both. So that's why when we got no. into this, I was like, oh, okay. You know, we, when we get into this two weeks playhouse claymation shit that's going on in here, I was like, all right, I'm not sure. And as far as musicals, okay, uh, I will take this over Repo the Genetic Opera any day, <laughs> as far as horror horror musicals oh. are concerned. Just cause, oh, that's such a good uh, movie, though. Uh, yeah, oh. No, no, it, no, it was not. I love <laughs> Repo the Genetic Opera. So, okay. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, okay, I'm Repo offended. the Genetic Opera. I'm oh, offended. okay. Yeah, we're just like, yeah, it was bad. It was bad. How bad? Very bad. It was so, so fucking bad. How bad? Let me tell you how bad. Yeah, that's how the entire fucking movie is right there. Every fucking song <laughs> in Repo the Genetic Opera. All right, but anyway, this movie. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Because, because seriously, Dean, it's like I thought you would pit me. Yeah, you know I'm right, King. <laughs> All right. Nope. I, I seriously I'm thought you had like done this to mess with us. Um, oh no, like, this was just a, mess I with swear, us. this was a serious pick. This was a serious okay. pick that I was like okay. really okay. excited about and had a high hope for. Um, yeah, because like I enjoyed. The humor that was going on in here, like, I enjoyed, like, all of the dark humor of, you know, the family just not being able to get a break and shit going wrong. And, you know, it's like, fuck, what do we do? Let's go bury him again. You know, and I was enjoying all of that humor. And, I, unfortunately, I was just getting lost in the song. And then the fucking claymation that would fucking happen for no reason at all. You know, the fucking Pee Wee's Playhouse slash, you know, Peter Gabriel <laughs> claymation that would just jump in for no no reason. You know, uh, yeah, this is like sometimes, you know, Takeshi Mickey ha- needs to have producers come in and be- tell him no. You know, <laughs> um, you know, put him at limits. But, like, I... Definitely enjoyed certain parts of it, like with the humor and stuff like that. But it, it really, really was all over the fucking place. Like you know, he, again, he he, need, he needs to be kept on a leash. <laughs> so, King, what do you think? Yeah, I, I completely agree with you, Monkey. Um, I love Audition by Mike and also Each of the Killer, which we covered on the show. You know, this movie. It was just a mismatch of to- all these ideas that he had. Um, you know, just I want to make all these different things happen, and it's fine. You know, we're going to have a good time. We're going to have claymation. We're going to have song and dance numbers. But this movie isn't a horror movie. Like, it's a comedy. It's a musical, a dark comedy, if you will. But there's just nothing about this. That I was like, oh, yeah, good. I got it. I was going to say, like, everything I was, that I had seen about it was like, you know, not a full-on straight horror movie, but everything says horror, like horror comedy musical. But like the word horror is almost always there. Uh, so when I talk about this was totally different than what I was expecting, because uh, yeah, right. it kind of like almost like was not a horror movie. But please continue. Yeah. So yeah. yeah so King, you know, please, it, please finish up. So yeah, did I enjoy it? No, not really. Like I felt like it was way too long. I felt like it could have wrapped up a lot quicker, um, but oh, there were just yeah. so many song dance numbers, <laughs> you know, and again, it's not really a horror movie. It's more of a comedy and musical uh, that I guess he wanted to do, um, but I just want to get into it uh, and talk about this movie. So we open in a dining hall. Get ready, everybody, because uh, we're going to get weird real quick. <laughs> so we open in a dining hall, and a woman is trying to eat soup, and she really doesn't know how. She can't eat the soup because she can't really get her spoon into it. 
And then we see a claymation angel that rises from the soup, and she becomes claymation, and he rips out a heart-shaped piece of her flesh, probably the uvula, but it's a heart-shaped piece. It was. Um, <laughs> so It was in the subtitles, the claymation, it was the uvula. Yeah, so the claymation <laughs> angel flies away. <clears throat> this kills her, and he's trying to take this little piece and eat it, but he catches it and then gets beaten up by a crow and eaten. So now we cut to a claymation teddy bear coming alive and killing the crow <laughs> as we cut to a snake eating a bird's egg. <clears throat> and then we see a large bird flying around, knocking an egg out of the tree. The tree opens, and it's the angel thing again, once again going, asshole, before the bird picks it up and just demolishes it. And then we cut back to the live action, where we see an old man throwing a log at the bird, going, get it, Bochy, Bochy, go get it, go get it. And, of course, the dog does. And that's when we see our little girl of the movie, Yuri Katakuri, playing with a bucket in the dirt, and she starts to narrate what's been happening with her family. Like she's always wondered what happiness was, and then with her family, she always knew that she was going to be cool, because a Katakuri is cool. <laughs> so we get introduced to Masao Katakuri, who is working in a department store selling shoes, but he wants to plan his retirement, but unfortunately he gets laid off. So he gets told by somebody that there's going to be a major road being created, and it's right near Mount Fuji. There's going to be a ton of tourists, so you better buy this place, which he does, and he calls the White Lovers Inn, and he has his family run the guest house with his wife, Teru, and he met her, and they got married, and it's all about love, and you have Shiru, who is their daughter, who gets pregnant, uh, but she has to decide to move in with her parents, and we also have Uncle Masasuki, who worked at a stock company. He's an ex-felon. He went to jail. He has a <laughs> So we can introduce his family. <laughs> yes, possible Yakuza. So we have this whole family working on this place. Masuo is basically saying people are going to come. They're just going to come. It's going to be fucking awesome. You know, this major road is going to be huge for us. The place is everything. It's got even a swing that breaks when he tries to swing on it and falls into the water. But they got a swing. Um, they have a romantic swing. <laughs> Look yeah. at this swing. So It's awesome. <laughs> eventually a solar eclipse happens, and people are walking past the end, but they don't want to go there. They're on a spiritual journey. Uh, so they eventually see on TV that there's a guest house that's all booked up uh, that sets apart from everybody else in the area because they put animals to work. So you have pigs that are bringing in luggage. You have cows that are going to work. And this is how this guy cuts down a labor cost because he just has the animals do their work for him. You know, and he's just Cause he so fu- excited. Because he fired all his family and friends and just got a bunch of animals to do the work instead, which I think this is a <laughs> crack at Disney movies. <laughs> it seems like it, you know, so I don't know. Um, there's a man outside eventually during the rainstorm when they're watching this report who decides he's going to come in. He needs a room, and then we have Grandpa Jinpei who even offers his underwear for the man, the guy, uh, for him to wear. Like, you got to wear this. It's fine. So happy you're here. And he's like, nah, I just want to go to my room. I'm kind of bummed by a lot of things, <laughs> but it's fine. <laughs> so we have this man that shows up at the end finally. We finally have a guest, and he starts to sing to himself in his room about darkness or something else. I don't know. He's just kind of in a bad mood, and he's upset. Uh, Masusaki brings him beer, which he had asked for, 
and he asked Masusaki, you know, if the world's going to end tonight, you know, what would you do? Like, you know, if the world was going to end, if you had one last night, what are you going to do? And Masusaki says nothing. He just eh, shrugs it off. And next we see the man crunching up glass shards onto a tray. So that's fun, right? I mean, it's, you know, it's what you do when you go to an inn. You crush up some glass and, you know, see what happens. Hopefully he's not suicidal. Uh, but the next morning, no. Yuri and Shuri are leaving. We don't know why, but uh, daughter and mother are leaving. They check in on the guest, and they find him dead. And they all react in a dancing and kind of fun way to why this happened. And they start singing about it and wondering why he brought a knife. And if he brought a knife, why didn't he use it on himself? We should call the cops. Why did he off himself uh, like this? Uh, where's his will, by the way? Does he have a will? Because we'd probably just sign our names on that, right? Like, yeah, find the will. <laughs> okay. So that happens. Because that's what you do when you find a body dead in your guest house. You look for the will first. That's what they're looking yeah, for. Yeah, because all suicides carry a will with them. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, of course. So Masuo is the first one to say, you know what, we can't call the police because if we call the police, they're going to make it known that somebody died here and nobody's going to want to stay here. So. So let's just get some plastic and rope, and then we're just going to bury him in the woods outside. So they have a lot more singing and dancing to do about how this is going to be done. So, again, another dance number and another song number about how it's going to be done. And, and these are not good coming... dance numbers, mind you. Anytime no. that the king says, we have a song and we have a dance, the choreography is horrible. The singing is horrible. This is like, you know, just just so you understand. Like, it's, it's not like it's we're talking, you know, Broadway no. dancing here or anything like that. It's everyone is always out of sync with each other. It looks almost as if uh, every every time you see uh, when the king says we have a dance number or something, uh, it's always everyone's looking at the one person doing the choreography. They're all supposed to follow that person because they're all looking. At the person, not the camera. They're looking at the person that's just off camera, and all of the choreography is off. It's all really, really bad. Anytime he says dance number, just imagine bad people shaking their hands a lot and not in time with each other. Okay, King, please continue. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we eventually cut to Shizu and her daughter moving on to a hotel, and Shuze is singing La Vienne Rose. She wants to be in love, I guess. Uh, a sailor arrives again and notices she's <laughs> looking at him. And he draws a picture of a woman, and he sends it to her via a paper airplane that says, I love you. So then we get another dance oh. break. What are we doing? Because we have another dance break with the dance number ending and Shizu lying on the floor, uh, convulsing and just laughing and smiling moving her hips as the sailor watches her. She gets up, and the man tells her that he's in the U.S. Navy, but more specifically, the British Royal Navy. So you're not in the U.S. Navy. You're in the British Royal Navy. It can't be two. You can't be a part of both. (laughs) Pick one. Yes, (laughs) and as Sailor White, yes, he is both a member of the United States (laughs) Navy on secret missions, for the <laughs> Royal Navy, and it will get yeah, better so later. <laughs> he he wants to get with her. He's in love with her. He wants to get her number, but cell service is really bad. So he decides he's going to leave. 
And by the way, my name is Richard Sakawa. And she's like, oh, my God, I'm so in love with this guy. And it's so amazing. Hi. You know, it's just finger, finger gun. So great. <laughs> so back at the inn, Masao has a dream about somebody standing outside of the windows. He goes downstairs to drink, he goes to the fridge, and he sees the suicide guest in the fridge. But not really. It's another dream. Uh, we find out oh, no. that a couple more days have passed, and no guests are coming. Nobody is coming to this fucking inn. And that's until a sumo wrestler shows up with his young girlfriend, dragging her along up that hill to get to the inn. And the family is, oh, my God, this is fucking great. This is fucking awesome. So let's get them a room. So the sumo and his girl get to the room, and they get down to get Very young-looking girl. Helping the shit out of each other. Yeah. <laughs> they barely make it to the room before they're fucking. And Masao thinks Shantosaki had something to do with the man that committed suicide because they couldn't find his wallet. Teru doesn't Uh-oh. agree, saying that Masusaki is just, you know, a nice guy, you know, and he just doesn't need to go down for this. But we also see Masusaki pulling an animal house where he gets a ladder, and he decides that he's going to look into that room where the sumo and his girl are so that he could see them bang. <laughs> and I was like, okay, Japanese Jambalushi. And he's looking through that window. What she eventually falls from as the sumo eventually reaches an O-face and collapses on top of his girlfriend. So, this is want to happen. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> so uh, Shizuze, who is back at the inn with her daughter, uh, Yuri, uh, she gets a call from Sagawa, and he tells her that he's living over Iraq with a plane. We hear a bunch of screaming and gunfire on the other end. But meanwhile, we see he's pulling a Johnny Depp from Nightmare on Elm Street, playing a recorder with a bunch of airplane noise and gunfire, and he's just sitting in a room by himself, <laughs> fooling her and believing he's actually doing something. He's like, oh, she's like, I love you. And then just hangs up. You know, she's like, oh, my God, no. <laughs> he, he really cares for me. He loves me. And then we see a cop uh, arrive by bicycle. And I was like, is that a fucking mailman or is that a cop? And I was like, no, it's a cop. (laughs) The way he goes up on his bicycle, (laughs) you know, I was like, it's got to be a mailman. But no, it's a cop. Um, And he is looking into disappearances. Uh, Shuze also discovers that the sumo is dead, but they can't find the girl anymore. They're like, where'd the girl go? Should we leave or run off or disappear? Oh, (laughs) (laughs) She's underneath. Uh, the guy. So they try to figure out in in the mattress. There is a hole yeah. in the mattress. <laughs> so they try to figure out how they're going to get rid of the sumo. You know, he's obviously too big to carry down the stairs. So why don't we just chop him up? You know, we'll cut him up into pieces. You know, since he's too busy to carry. Um, and then all of a sudden, I think it's Matsuyuko who has, like, a Seinfeld moment where he's like, what's the deal with all these dead bodies? <laughs> who fucking said that? I was like, it had to be Matsusaki. It was just so tired. Like, I was like, all the dead bodies, you have two, maybe three now, because you discovered the girl underneath the sumo. Um, but the cop arrives finally at the end. He introduces himself as Officer Miyaki, and he biked up the mountain to give him a form to fill out. And then he asks questions about how many guests they've had and leaves a wanted poster which includes Richard Sagawa's face on it, which nobody looks at. 
in the sailor uniform. (laughs) (laughs) He was on the table, and the cop leaves, and everyone just stares at each other real awkwardly until Jinpei, the grandfather of Maso, speaks up and says, keep it up. I was like, what? What are we doing? (laughs) I was so... I'm like, keep, what, what are we keeping up? The murders? Okay. So, yeah, they'll keep it up. Because they have a plan to make a pulley system for the sumo to get out of the window with sheets. <laughs> so they're lowering down the sumo. Jinpei, Masao, and Teru eventually return from burying the body of the sumo and his girl. And a small group of people arrive looking for food and lodging. Much to the light of the Katakaris, because these are normal people. We need normal people in this place. And then we have a song <laughs> break showing Masao when he first purchased the property and convincing Matsuzaki to live there. Please live here. Please live here. There's so much life. And he's like, you know what? By song, you convinced me. What, what are we doing? <laughs> I'm like, why is this in here? I don't know. But we have to, you know, keep moving on. Uh, so Masao gets a call, and we see Sagawa in torn clothes walking near the lake that's right by the inn. Masao tells Teru that a date has not been picked for the road construction, but they're digging all around the lake. So fuck, right where we put the bodies. Not cool. Oh, shit. Construction is... Bum, bum, the bum. Pre, pre-construction is going right through where they sit there and buried all the bodies. Do you? <laughs> yeah. So now they're going to have to go out and dig up the bodies and rebury them somewhere else. Meanwhile, Sagawa has arrived at the White Lovers Inn, much to the surprise of, of Shizu, who was like, oh, oh, my God, I'm so glad you're here. Do you, do you need a drink? Do you need food? And all he says is, I want to eat you. And she goes, oh, yeah. And passes out. I was like, yeah, goddamn right, Sagawa. Yeah, he's got a he's, he's, he's exhausted. He sits there and puts one leg. He like he does a Captain Morgan puts one leg up on the banister, points it at her, and says, "I want to eat you." <laughs> yeah. Apparently, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so, it's been a while for her because she passed out, like you said. <laughs> oh yeah, immediately passes out. She's like, "Oh my god, I can't believe this!" But Sagawa goes to his room where he's experiencing diarrhea pains. So, you know, we get a lot of the diarrhea farts as he lays on the bed. And when he slides off the bed, he discovers the wallet left by the suicidal guest from the beginning. And he's looking through it, and he eventually shits himself. And I love the fact that when he shows up with Shizu in the next scene, he's wearing black pants. (laughs) Obviously, (laughs) he shit those wet pants that he showed up with. You know, he has to put on different pants to meet her on the swing. Um... And while this is happening, Masao and Teru try to remember where they buried the bodies to begin with. Uh, I think it might be here. So I'm going to put the, the little thing here. And it might be here, but I don't know. I mean, they're in the woods, but we really need to find out because things are coming. So as they're doing that, we cut the lobby and Rose once again as they both sing a love song to each other. But not just a love song where they're just kind of in the moment, but it cuts to like a fucking music video where there's lights and dresses and costumes and they're singing to each other about how much they love each other Uh, and how they're never going to leave each other. But also it cuts into karaoke mode 
because then they look at yeah, you, yeah. the viewer, and say, we want you to sing along. And then karaoke <laughs> uh, dialogue comes up at the bottom of the screen, you know, with a, a, a heart, you know, blue – Pink heart for her, blue heart for him. For so, so you're supposed to sing along with the song in karaoke mode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I hope somebody did back in 2001. Those Everlasting theaters that uh, the Japanese audiences uh, jumped up and started singing at that moment. Uh, and, you know, because again, I, I was like, oh my god, what the fuck are we doing? But dude, I gotta say, man, in this moment though, that man, Grandma looked hot. Like, they did a great job of making her look good in this scene, man. Oh, Tenor, they, they Tenor there and gave, gave her the, Yeah, that's what I'm saying, man. In this scene, oh, my gosh, she, she looks so good, man. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I have no problems with Tenor. She always looks good. Um, but as this thing happens and as we have this dance and song moment between Tenor and Masao, we also have uh, Sagawa talking to Shizu. And he goes, oh, you know, I'm the nephew of Queen Elizabeth, by the way. You know, I've given a lot of advice to die in Charles. You know, and, and I know a lot of things, and, you know, I have a lot of information. And, you know, I'm a spy, by the way. Did you know I'm a spy? And we see Jinpei seeing this happen, and he's like, I know this guy's full of shit. Like, I know he's a liar. I know he's a con artist, you know, and I really need to have something happen. So... And he's yeah. got his fucking log ready. <laughs> and Sagawa gets a nosebleed during this whole thing, and he's like, I promise you, it's not because I'm horny. It's because it needs to go to my other parts. He has more blood than a Japanese. And I was like, okay. <laughs> it's a weird way to explain it's, it's, a nosebleed. But... It's, 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 a thing, it's, it's the thing about uh, anime and uh, Japanese humor and stuff like that is when your guy gets horny, he gets a nosebleed. Just so you know. Okay, so that makes sense. I didn't know anything about it. I just thought it was funny. Because Jinpei shows up and nails Sagawa on the head. This causes him to lose his shit against uh, Jinpei. Sagawa and Jinpei fight until Shinzu shows that she has a good karate kick, which causes Sagawa and Jinpei <laughs> to roll down the hill where they instantly become claymation characters. Oh, no. No, we went back to it, didn't we? No. Oh, man. Yeah, they... We thought the claymation was done. Nope. <laughs> no. I guess they didn't have enough money to sit there and do these. We didn't have enough money to do this yeah. effect or anything. So well, now we're going to do it in claymation. Fuck it. <laughs> because Sagawa, Sagawa and Jinpei need to fight in claymation form. Yeah, they ran out of money, so they don't know what they were doing. Um, so they fight. And we see uh, Shizu at the top of the hill kicking a rock, which he eventually kicks on top of Sagawa, which causes him to fall to his death, maybe? No. We're going to find out. So uh, we see the next day the Katakuri men returning from digging up the bodies. Uh, and that night, Sagawa returns to the inn, stumbling in, saying he has to make a phone call where he begs all the women where he's done wrong for forgiveness. So Shizu grabs his hand. She's like, oh, my God, this is it. Like, he's going to really just kind of make a forgiveness, and he's going to, you know, forgive me and just apologize for what I've done. And he's like, Shizu, Shizu, Shizu Nakayoko. And then he passes out. She's like, oh, fuck this guy. <laughs> <laughs> you know. 
And, and, and I don't know what it is. Like I don't, I don't know if it's like something important, but it seems like there's a thing about things going on backwards in this hotel because uh, the 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 uncle's shirts. They, they a lot of them are you know the wording is backwards. Wishkawa, um, uh, you know, called the police. He dialed one one nine instead of nine one one. So I don't know if like that's supposed to be something important there of just weird things going on. And being weird in the hotel there. It could have been. You know, they never really go back to it because at the same time, a rainstorm happens, which causes a family to show up where one of the daughters is playing a recorder, and she's just whistling through that. And the family comes through looking for a room. The boy has a bad cough, and one of the daughters asks if they have a strong cord that she can borrow. So they're like, a strong cord. You're not going to kill Don't yourself, are you? <laughs> he, he, you know, <laughs> terrified that they're, that she's going to kill herself. So uh, Masazaki and Jinpei later are digging a hole in the woods, and they hear the recorder, and the family has found them digging in the hole. They see that the boys is in the quarter of the belt. Oh, hey, they didn't kill themselves. They're using it as a belt. So the men are asked but, about the hole, the, and Jinpei tells them it's for garbage. But the reason they were digging the hole is because they were preparing for the worst. <laughs> they were digging so <laughs> yeah. they were digging a hole big enough for a family of four. They're going, fuck it, let's just dig it anyway because we know what's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. So anyway, um, they're digging this hole. They explain it away. So the family is like, okay, that's fine. You know, and they walk away. Let the the guys dig their hole. Um, and then we cut to Yuri, who's playing with Pochi, who starts to bark. Yuri goes to investigate and discovers a bloodied arm sticking out of the ground. And then we cut to the police <laughs> driving up towards the mountain. So all of a sudden now, we have all the Katakuri family together, and they start singing a song about always being positive. Okay. And we have an hour and 20 minutes into this movie. We have all the dead bodies coming to life as zombies and singing and dancing. So, oh, it took an hour and 20 yes. But it's here. It's here. Where they're yep. all singing about being yep. positive. Okay. You know, and it's fine. So it's, it's cool that the zombies show up. They don't eat anybody. They don't bite anybody. They just dance. Um, but they're there for the also dance seen, number. That's it. <laughs> so we had also seen earlier that a man had fallen into the hole that Masusaki and Jinpei had dug. And Oops, Jinpei out. tried to bury him, but Masusaki's like, well, he's not dead, so we just try to need to help him. So they bring him back to the inn, and when the man wakes up, he wakes up shirtless and with flowers on his chest. He tears up the flowers and freaks out because he doesn't know where the fuck he is. Where the fuck am I? And that's when we see the Katakuris returning to the inn from everything they've been doing. The man gets frightened by seeing them and immediately jumps back into the house via an open window. <laughs> doesn't run down the road, doesn't, you know, immediately just jumps through an open window as the police arrive. And the family thinks, oh, my God, they're here because of all the fucking bodies, while the tremors start to happen. These weird earthquakes that start to happen underneath the ground. They don't know what it is, but the police are here now. So... We have to break into a Muddy Morphin Power Rangers-inspired theme as they all admit their guilt. Dun, 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 dun. I'm guilty. No, he's guilty. I'm guilty. He's guilty. And I'm dun, 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 dun. Like, Why is this fucking happening? 
So Jim Page decides he's going to take the This routine actually had the best dancing out of the entire movie. <laughs> it really <laughs> fucking did. But, but, it, but it wasn't any good still. <laughs> so, yeah, we, we get the weird uh, Money Morphin Power Rangers theme, and then we cut back to Jim Page who's saying, I'll take the blame for everything that's happened. You know, Masao, as long as you're here, the Katasuri are going to be fine. So Masao ends up singing a song to a rock beat about he did everything and he's sorry. You know, of course we have that. And then Masusaki and Masao fight over the blame. But meanwhile, Junpei is sitting back in a slide questioning what happened is this. I was like, where the fuck did you go? And all of a sudden he pops up on the slide. He's like, I'm here. Again, I'm just the one to talk about happiness. About how people shouldn't be sad at people. People should laugh, and how you die is how you live. So then we cut to inside the inn, and the man that we saw earlier is now holding Tedro at knife point. Jinpei goes oh, no. to meet the cops. And Jinpei, when he goes to meet the cops, you see the towel on his neck go flying off. And then he goes to meet them, and the towel is back on his neck and goes flying off a second time. So this towel didn't really want to leave Jinpei's neck. No. Um, but nope. they, they reach Jinpei and they tell him that there's been a homicide and Jinpei holds his hands out, basically admitting his guilt to what's been happening. But they tell him that a woman was killed at the foot of the mountain and they think her lover is the killer and they lost track of him. This causes Jinpei to collapse to the ground and then he sees a large bird flying overhead and he throws a piece of wood at it and knocks it in the head. <laughs> Asshole! So we get to see the beginning of the movie happen at the same time. So, he's really good. he's really good at that hitting those fucking birds. <laughs> <laughs> so the man bursts out of the house with Ten Tedu in a standoff. And Maso asks him, you know, why did you do this to the woman that you loved? You must have really loved her. And then he says that I love my wife, Tedu, more than anything. You know, and then the camera work Goes to fucking shit here. Whoever was holding the camera that day needs to be fired. Dude, who's fucking jiggling all yeah, the man. place? Yeah, man. Yeah. Okay, so down, I was the dude. only one. Yeah. Nope. Yeah, because it's like all of a sudden it's like, <laughs> please, yeah, <laughs> steady cam or something. <laughs> yeah, but no, it, it's just jiggly cam until eventually the man lets go of Tedu. And Masao bows to him as a way of saying thank you before the man charges at Tasu with the knife, but the cops are able to wrestle him to the ground. And during the scuffle, Masusaki uh, believes he's been fatally stabbed. And then they all sing a song about oh, how no. brave he is and how brave he oh, is man. for doing what he did for the family. And Masusaki apologizes to Masao for not being a good son, but he's proud to be his son. But then he also tells Shuri, hey, you're a babe. Oh, we're <laughs> yeah. Incest? In this movie, as we close out? <laughs> okay, fine. <laughs> uh, but Masao eventually looks at the wound and realizes it's just a graze. And Masasaki's like, ah, oh, you know what? I'm good. We're fine. <laughs> yeah. It's not, it's not yeah, a fatal wound. They all, they all look at each other. They're like, oh, it's only this big. It's only this big. It's only this big. He's like, oh, sorry. Okay, uh, back to the movie. <laughs> <laughs> so... We see that Mount Fuji is starting to erupt, and they live at the base of Mount Fuji. So Masao screams, and then everything goes to claymation versus live action. The family turns no! to claymation except for Jinpei, the grandfather. <laughs> the family freaks out about Pokey, who, as a family dog, is riding down the lava on a log. Masao manages the- to get onto a tree 
and save Pokey from the lava as it continues to flow. And now everybody's claymation, everybody, even Jinpei. Uh, so they all have the inn that they're carrying on their shoulders as eventually, for some reason, for no reason or whatever fucking reason, Jinpei dies and returns as a sperm ghost. Where he just looks like a big old <laughs> fucking sperm. And the lava eventually <laughs> overwhelms uh-uh. all of the Katakars. So we have them being overwhelmed by the lava, and then we cut to a black screen where Yuri is explaining about how Masao always said, never give up, that anything can happen in life. The human race has survived for thousands of millions of years, living bravely and tenaciously. And then we cut to a blue sky where the camera is pointing up, and the Katakaris are looking down at Masao, who has survived. So even Jinpei and Pokey are holding each other and so (laughs) fucking happy that they live. Masao stands up and sees that the inn is still standing, but now they're surrounded by all the flora and fauna and beautiful vistas that they could ever have expected. Like, it's beautiful where they are. So this causes them to pull a sound of music where they run down a field and singing and breaking out in a song. Let's laugh. That's you love it. It's great. It is so amazing. <laughs> we also see that the man has been captured into dirt with the cops from earlier. So they're trapped in dirt, but they're still waving their hands around jazz style and singing along and bopping their heads up and down <laughs> to the song. And then the song ends with all the Akikuris, you know, holding hands and being excited, but it causes a freeze frame on the Jinpei. And Yuri says, yeah, everything was fine, but then a year later he dropped dead. And Jinpei becomes sad as he looks at Yuri in that moment and says that man is one of only God's creatures, and one day mankind will most likely be lost to the game of natural selection. But until then, man keeps on living. That's life. And then we see Jinpei turn into a fucking burning fucking golden rocket as he shoots up into the sky, and the family's like, yeah, woo! You know, we're so happy he's dead. (laughs) And you think, like, okay, well, that's... Okay, uh, is that it? Yeah, no, that's it. The fucking movie ends. And we get credits. <laughs> yeah, and I could not believe it. I was like, oh my God, that's the end? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Holy fuck, man. <laughs> that, yeah, uh, that that is... <laughs> the happiness of the Cody Commas, and it's just, yeah, it, don't watch this movie. Seriously, don't watch it's, this movie. No, I mean, <laughs> if, if you're a fan of Takashi Miike, and you want to see something that he did differently from Ichie the Killer or Audition, then yeah, you might enjoy or it. Go- I mean, it's just, yeah. Or go- wow. It's a, but it's that's a, the thing. See, like, yeah. you know, Ichi the Killer is, is obviously very unique. This is very unique, too. But the yeah. thing that is puzzling to me, because like I said, I, I picked this, like, in all seriousness. And, yes, yeah, you know, all, like, all of the descript- – if you go and look at all of the different descriptions online, it says horror comedy or horror musical. Like, the word horror is always there. And, like, we said at the right. top, like, no, this isn't necessarily a horror movie. Like, there were some weird, disturbing – imagery and whatnot, but like I would not categorize this as as a horror. Uh you no, know, so I'm glad that you agree with me. Yeah. No, I mean, no, it's, it's I, I do. One. And and it's, it's, you know, yeah. I, I did not humor. know that 
heading in. I didn't know it heading in. No, That's, yeah. you know, you know. I, yeah, I went in completely blind, and I was like, you know what, maybe the horror is going to happen now. And then it didn't. And I was like, okay, now we have more music numbers. And it's not happening. And I, like, <laughs> I don't, they should just clarify this as a musical, as a comedy. I mean, I don't, I don't know, but the horror wasn't there. Now, I know Takashi Mike is capable of doing horror, but yes. I feel like this was just oh, yeah. him, like the, the monkey had said. Him just fucking not saying no to anything and just going, yes, yes, yes. You know, and I was like, okay, well, that's how we have the happiness of the catechetics. Yeah, you know, I'm like, well, especially, I'm like, is it building up? Yeah. Like, is this going to build up to, like, some kind of wild uh, conclusion? Uh, you know, and it just, yeah, it just didn't, it just didn't happen. Yeah. No. And especially and, when you have you know, other directors like Eli Roth that, you know, consider him, you know, the master of J-horror. Yes. And then you have yeah. something where, you know, this is, you know, horror musical, okay. You know, so, and like you said, we've seen, you know, Ichi, you know, we've seen Gozu, you know, um, we, we know what he's capable audition. of. Audition. You know, and, uh, yeah, oh, and, so and audition. Uh, you know, but then we get yeah. to this and we're like, wow, this is, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, with that being said, too, like, he's he's directed a gajillion movies, like, in all different genres. He's not, like, primarily, uh-huh. like, a horror. No, he's also directed a no, ton of anime no. as well. Yeah, he's done a bunch of everything. So, but to see this, uh, it, it kind of it reminded me of like what Peter Jackson did early in his career when he was doing Meet the Feebles and Dead Alive and Bad Touch. You know, he was making these okay. weird, okay. fucking great, gory movies, but then he goes on to make fucking Lord of the Rings. And well, see, this is what he's capable of. But then when you go back and watch some of his lesser-known horror movies, you're like, well, that's the guy? That's the guy that made fucking Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit movies? So, you know, it was one of those things where I had that kind of, of balance, where it's like, yeah, that's what he's capable of, and this is where he started from. So, obviously, the Katakuri's movie was early on in his career with Nikkei, where he's like, you know what, I, I could do more, but this is what I want to do right now. So... Not a great one, but, you know, if you're looking for something vastly different than what you're used to, uh, yeah, Katakuri's kind of has it for you because it's comedy, it's a musical, <laughs> it's light on horror, but it's still there. But anyway, so that was the Dean's pick for this week. I know the goal wasn't here for it, but I talked to him earlier. He's, he's okay with what I picked. So next week, we're going to be talking uh, oh. about the 1979 Don Coscarelli movie, Phantasm, which is available Woo-hoo! on Peacock, Tubi, Pluto, you name it. It's available for free in a lot of fucking places. So I cannot wait to talk about The Tall Man and Phantasm from 1979. Bring it back to American horror, people. So that's going to be my pick for next week, <laughs> Phantasm with The Tall Man. Boy! <laughs> you know, can't wait. Hopefully... Hopefully, Dean, you're back with be. us next week. Hopefully, yeah. Right? It's gonna be, it it's gonna be. be fucking nerdgasms all over the place. <laughs> oh, but I don't know it how familiar be. you are with Phantasm, uh, Dean, but yeah, looking forward to it. Looking forward to it. So we'll talk about it next week. You know, as the tall man always says, "Think when you die, you go to heaven. Come to us. The fucking terror." 
So <laughs> we'll see you back here next week. All right, Dean, thank you so much for your pick of the happiness of the catacurries, and see you back here next week for Phantasm. <laughs> yes, where is that hosted right now, too? Did, did we say? Uh, let's see. Oh, what? I don't think we did. It's on Tubi. Yeah, it's on Tubi. It's on Peacock. Yeah. It's it, on, it, oh, it's on uh, Shutter. Pluto. It's on Shutter. It's on Tubi. It's on yeah, it's, it's, it's everywhere. It's, it's like it's very. It's, it's, like, it's everywhere, man. <laughs> it's it. Yeah, if you have a hard time yeah, finding like, Phantasm, I'm gonna be weirdly upset because <laughs> it's fucking everywhere. <laughs> like, there's not a free service out there that doesn't have Phantasm on it. So, if you guys can't sure. find it, I will, I will direct you towards it. So, Mucky, thank you so much, and want to go ahead and sign yourself out. Yeah, thanks for listening to tonight's episode of Talking Terror and letting us come in your ears. Good night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, the ghoul is not here, but I will sign myself off as saying thank you so much for listening to this episode of the show. Hail Satan. Hail yourselves. Hail Odorous. Watch horror movies. Keep America strong. And tune in next week as we head over to the Morningside Cemetery and do battle 